Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with uh, Oliver Mouse, the CEO of Globin Funding Platform, DRVE. How are you doing, Oliver? Hi there, how are you? Good. Well, first, tell a bit about your background, because your background is very wide and varied from what you're doing now. Well, it's, it isn't very wide. So I did study computer science and I did study uh, business administration. I've been in the online business basically since I left university. There was this thing, internet coming up, yeah. and, and, I, and I just moved into it, and we... We, and I worked for a big company, Buda, in Germany, and, and we just tried out a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and and this is somehow how I got into it, and I always, I've always been around there. Because now in the past, you, you used to own a nightclub, and you used to be next to my book player. That's what I mean. Is has been for what you do now different to those things? Well, so I, I had I had the bars and clubs when I was studying yeah so um, I at, at day I did my studies and at night I and the nights I spent in nightclubs yeah and somehow they were mine <laughs> yeah I guess it must have been tough studying and doing that as well because you're you're up in the night and in the morning you're you're yeah. going to college or university that's kind of tough my, my, my grades might show this but and then on the other hand I wouldn't have that no, neither would I. Definitely not. But I guess it shows your entrepreneurial spirit. You're an entrepreneur, born to do these things. Yeah, always. I opened my first restaurant when I was when I turned eighteen. So um, I was still in school. Yeah. And I opened a restaurant. So uh, yes, I've I've always been an entrepreneur. I think I was just an employee for about two years. Yeah. In London. That's interesting. So right now with, with DRVE, uh, what exactly does it do? So uh, what we do is, um, based on my history, um, when I invested and, and funded and um, developed a couple of startups and ideas, uh, we figured out pretty quick that uh, the product itself don't, won't do it. It's, yeah. so, so what you need is like, you need a professional approach to market, you need, you need funding for that, and most companies treat their their marketing and sales team operations like a stepchild, as we did. So at some point when I when I owned a, a couple of startups um, financed by the money that I earned before, um, we figured out that we have to change something because we kept giving money to the, to the entrepreneurs and working our asses off, um, and it just didn't work. So what we did is we centralized all these efforts the growth and, and, and we tried since I'm still a German and a computer scientist we tried to put it all into algorithms how does it work how can we guide growth or, or force success um, for multiple startups and multiple markets and and, and scale it up so and, and this is somehow how the idea of drive was born and and at a later stage, we we transferred that into into programs that we could provide for others. So um, providing capital, people, systems, the resources uh, to startups who can't do it by themselves. 
Yeah, the algorithms you were using could tell you which startups would succeed and which would fail. Well, uh, I mean, what? So first of all, we need a startup that sells something, either either a subscription. So we need something that transfer translates into money at some point. Yeah. That we can push with uh, with serious ad budgets. So. Um, well, what we usually do, we have our algorithms who identify possible uh, possible targets. So, so you apply, you put your data in, in, into the form and answer some questions. And then we know pretty well what could work and what doesn't um, based on, on a, some data, some soft, um, some soft skills that you have around. And once we... Once you pass that bridge, um, what we usually do is we set you up and we test you. So we're gonna we will go out there and ask the market. So we will usually we spend about I don't know something between two and five or ten thousand dollars or euros in marketing budgets, and, and we just feed our algorithms and our databases and 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 send some traffic to, uh, to your shop to your page and see what's happening. With that data that we that we consume there, uh, then we can make a, a definite decision if we can go with you or not. And have you come across any really strange products that have succeeded? Um, <laughs> let me think about that. A strange product that has succeeded. Um, I mean, there is no really strange product. Um, there are funny products, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we had some huge successes, unexpected successes, uh, for example, for hair growth serum. Yeah. Um, so when this came up, it, it, it kind of changed everything for some companies. Um, I, I mean, usually every company, every company in our program, it grows at least 10% each week. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's already quite impressive, but, but, but then sometimes you come across a hype and, and, and these 10%, they go up to 30%, 50% per week. And yeah. since we have the, the resources and the capital to feed that, obviously every time we find a low-hanging fruit, we're going we're gonna to push it yeah. and hit it. Because I'm thinking of, for example, if you have somebody 20 years ago and you told them that uh, social media and Facebook was going to be a big thing, and uh, those things are now are now standard place where I'm thinking of other products that are now standard when you invest in them, nobody even thought of. Yeah, but, but also the truth is, uh, I mean, face, Facebook wouldn't be a product for our programs. Yeah. Suit. Um, but, but we are really concentrating on e-commerce and, and, and this is our domain and, and here we can succeed. Yeah. With something like Facebook, where, where the revenue stream comes much later, this wouldn't work for us. And, and probably we wouldn't have the capital to support that. Yeah. So I guess basically e-commerce, you're looking at basically new selling platforms and new products that can sell a bit easily online. Well, yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be easily, but, but at least we need to have a, a product that we can scale, um, where support is there, uh, that works, that we can ship. Um, and um, and then you have everything from fast selling products from twenty dollars to to e bikes for three and a half thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, so so everything is possible. Obviously, the funnel and, and, and 
the lag and how it works is different, but then we have the algorithms and, and our experience and the team there will figure it out. And, and once we, we know how exactly it works to get you a customer, um, then we're going to scale it and hit it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of years ago when you went to sell online, you used to use eBay. Nowadays, people are using Amazon. So that's going to change. Yeah, so, so Amazon is, for us is just a channel. So you have some products that need to be on Amazon um, simply because you have, you have many customers there and you need to be, to be present there. Um, what we usually aim for is driving sales through your website because there it's, a customer is going to turn into your customer. You can, you can work with them. It helps your valuation. So, so nobody is going to evaluate you um, based on Amazon sales. Um, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's not the same game. Um, so we need an online shop and this shop um, needs to work at, at some level. Yeah, so sometimes you build a shop for them, might you shop fire something yeah. else and build it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we have developers, we have designers, we have PPC. I mean, we have somebody for everything. And then we have a huge network of top agencies. Usually, uh, we're always trying to, to go for the best ones who help us where we can't help. You know, you have programs running all the time. How do you apply for them? How many people apply per day for your programs? So, right now, we have something between 20 to 50 applications per day. Yeah. Uh, the average is about 30. Um, from those, around 10% come into, uh, about 10 come into the next round. Not 10%, it's yeah. 10, 30%. And the programs, are they based in uh, Lisbon and where else? Yeah, so, so, so Drive is, uh, I think we're truly global. So uh, we're opening an office in London right now. Um, our base at this point is for Drive is in Lisbon and Portugal. The reason I'm here is because I moved here because of my son. I wanted him to grow up at a beach and not in a big city. Yeah. And, and that's honestly the only reason for that. Um, we have people in Italy, we have people in Germany, we have people in Singapore, in Australia, so, um, and, and we're opening an office wherever we need it, because we're trying to get the best people, and also the people that know the markets that we're in. Yeah. And how has COVID affected what you guys do at the moment? Uh, well, it affected us so more applications came through and, and people uh, and people we denied before called us again. Our office always was set up in a way that we don't have to meet personally. So yeah. everything is virtual. Uh, most people, so we do have a little office here in Lisbon, but I think maybe once a month somebody was there because usually we do everything online um, and people are traveling. People obviously are, are sitting in multiple cities. So from our process, it didn't affect us at all. We got more applications and, and the sales went up, yes. Yeah. But I guess because you're dealing with something like e-commerce, e-commerce doesn't really actually rely on physical office. It can be virtual as well, which is helpful. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, definitely. So for us, really nothing changed. It, it, it looks like we, we have been waiting for a situation like that. Because the whole company is set up in a way and for a situation like that, but that is obviously a coincidence. 
Yeah, because with Irish Tech News, we're based all over Ireland and we don't have an office because we're all freelancing as well. <clears throat> Having an office costs money we don't need, so we're virtual. So wherever there's Wi-Fi, we work, which is great. So yeah. to me, what we're going through now, I'm used to this. Exactly. And, and my team was too, although they're not freelancers at all. Yeah. Yeah, but for me as well, as normally with a podcast, I'd interview somebody, if they're in Ireland and Dublin face-to-face, or if not, it'd be done like it's done now, it'd be Google Hangout, Zoom or Skype or anything else, and it works fine just as well. So to me, and if you interview, it's nothing new. It's, it, I'm used to it. Which is, yeah, exactly. It's the same here. Yeah. And for me, basically, what, I've, what I find out dealing with this, people are, are getting used to remote working. I'm thinking, I've done it for years, and provided the technology you have is available, which it is now, like, 20 years ago, you couldn't really do this, whereas now you can. No. No, 20 years ago, it would be difficult. Also, with international rules, and, and obviously, there's a lot of money going around um, from here to there. And, and, and no, you could, no, no way, you couldn't have done it. And remember, like, like 20 years ago, if you want to check you get you going to your computer and going on. Nowadays, you go on your smartphone. So the morning when you wake up, you can decide what's important, not important for the day ahead of you. And by reading emails, you can decide... Do I go on my computer now or later? You can make that choice. Whereas 20 years ago, you couldn't. Definitely. And also, Definitely. broadband didn't really exist then as such as it does now, so you got these really slow yeah. dial-up speeds. I remember that years ago, dial-up. And it would take about 10 minutes to download a one-meg file. I know, I'm this old too. Yeah. And it, that's shown how old I can remember that. And I'm thinking... I don't want to go back to days where you're telling your children or, or, or your grandchildren, oh yes, it took 10 minutes to download a one megabyte file, and to, to them, one megabyte file is nothing. Definitely, definitely agree. I mean, just, just the data that we're consuming every day, every minute, it's, it's incredible. Um, and, and it just gets, it just gets done now. And otherwise, we couldn't do it. You know, I mean, we're spending... We're spending five, ten, twenty, thirty thousand a day on companies where we never met the uh, the CEO, uh, where we never had a product in in hand, where we never saw their offices. Um, nowadays, we can sign the contracts online. We can onboard them within a day or two. Get the investments ready. Get get the whole connections ready. The data connection. It's that wouldn't have been possible. 20 years ago, if you tell somebody you can sign a contract and it's all virtual and an office is virtual and online, they wouldn't believe you. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm looking at that right now and I'm, I'm thinking that if you have somebody who goes, yeah, we're going to have a shop. Like when Amazon started with the books, <clears throat> there were a website only people thought, that's not going to work. Now it has worked. And other people are now thinking, why would I spend money on a building and premises when I can have it up stored in the cloud in the website when it required less overheads? Well, yes and no, because then again, you, wanna, you don't want to be dependent on Amazon. It's just extremely expensive and, and you depend on them. Yeah, but know? I mean, like, for example, if you want to open your own shop right now, you can build your own website, have it in the cloud, whereas years ago, you had to have a building. That's what I mean. So it's not, it's, you have less cost because your building isn't a physical building, it's virtual. Definitely, to, to, to definitely. So, um, but but then again, it, to build a virtual shop these days is cheap. Yeah. It's cheap and it's fast. Um, I, I mean, I mean, there were times where, where a web shop cost you 
three months of your life <laughs> with agencies and developers and, and another 50 or 100,000 euros. Yeah. And, and, and now you can have it within days for, for a couple of bucks, right? Yeah. I remember guys years ago saying to me, we're going to have our own online shop on eBay. And that time, everyone was going, yeah, that's great. Now, looking back on that, now you can do it yourself without eBay and within minutes, whatever, if you have the right code and shop five, set it up and it works. And you don't have to rely on somebody else because it's you you have to rely on, but it's something else to do for you. Yeah, definitely. And when you invest in companies, what do you look for? Um, reliable, good products, entrepreneurs. Yeah. But we need, we have a couple of soft skills that we look at. Are they active on social media? Do they have fans? Do they have a community? You know, when they did those first steps so that we know, yes, there's somebody there, he's actually caring about it. He developed a product. There is some, some noise around it because, uh, you know, usually those shops, they might make just, let's say, 500 or 1,000 euros a sales per day and obviously we need all that stuff to be prepared um, because once we come in and we, we start to contact millions of people um, obviously their sales go up their revenues go up they start to earn money usually they turn profitable very very quick then investors come on board so, so we are looking for people who are prepared for that and and still what happens and right now 50% of our of our startups are sold out yes um, so, so we need reliable and professional people on the, on the other side, and, and obviously products that, that work. So um, no weapons, no drugs, nothing like that. Yeah. Uh, no, no Kickstarter ideas. We, we don't do that. Yeah, because I remember two years ago, I, met, I, I interviewed uh, Jim Heaton, who was the ex-Iron rugby captain, and he just retired, and he started investing in, in different startups. And he said to me, the thing that I look for is, is teamwork. I want a team. So that when I go to the rest of the company, I don't look, I don't want to be there every day over their shoulders. I want to be, like when I played rugby, I had a team around me that I can trust. So now and again, I'd come into the company and see how they're getting on. But if I was there every day looking over their shoulder, they get nervous, they couldn't get stuff done, I'd be wasting my time doing that. So I want to be hands off, but make sure I invest something that I can trust. And that's why, suppose, same thing with you. It's- Kind of, and then again, I can tell you one thing clearly because you see a lot of uh, small loans popping up here from fintechs and stuff. It's it's not the money. It's not just the money. Yeah. So, uh, we know. I mean, if it was the money, you could give anybody money, and he would have success. Yeah. And um, so it's the whole thing. You need a lot of things to work uh, so that the company works and yeah. turns profitable. And and well. Where we're coming from is sales fix everything because if you have the cash flow and the sales, obviously you have some room to do mistakes. But then again, we're taking off a lot of the shoulders from the startups. And for most of them, we are the rainmakers. I mean, we have companies who start with a 2 million valuation with us and having sales of a thousand or maybe sometimes 10,000 a month. And, and within Half a year, they're having sales of 100,000 a month and a valuation of 8 million. So, so we have these examples here. And, and what happens is investors start lining up and, and, and we need people who can, who can 
work with that, you know, who are prepared for that. And so it's team, yeah. But yeah. then again, we're hands-on. Uh, that, that's what's the difference uh, to other investors. And we take the risk. So because we, we do the sales at, at a price that the market told us and we scale it up on our risk, on our bill. So, so if you do your master right, you're just going to earn money. Yeah. It's as easy as that. And I guess when you're taking the risk, you, you know the chance that you might succeed this time, but next time you will succeed. Yeah, uh, and, and then again, after the test, when we do our market test, so when we onboard you and do our market test, our success rate is almost 100%. It's uh, one out of 20 fails then. And, and they usually do fail because of other reasons, because they keep going out of stock, because they're just having too many refunds so that it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and then again, I mean, we had entrepreneurs who just ran away with the money, <laughs> the first yeah. money they got. I mean, we have everything, obviously, since we're onboarding one or two startups a week right now. Yeah. But it's good that you have a very low failure rate, which my view is very, very good. Nice to see that. Well, well it's because we're, we're, we're approaching it from a different point. So, so we're in control of sales. Yeah. And, and obviously, once sales go up, if you're not profitable then, so when are you? <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, that's the idea about running an e-commerce. Um, you, you make many sales and you earn money once yeah. you do that. And I guess basically because it's because it's e-commerce, in some ways it's easier to market it because it's all online based, and you, you're talking the uh, right areas where people will actually notice you. Exactly, and uh, so yes, um, so we had a buy company that their, their offline sales went up seven hundred percent in the first year. Yeah. Apart from the online sales, that went up like two thousand percent. Um, then obviously new products come in, so. Again, if you have the sales, if you have the awareness, you can, you can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I guess because when you're dealing with, with online, if you were to put an advertisement in a local paper or a magazine or TV or radio, it would cost you more than to do the same online. Yeah, it could be. But, uh, so, so our approach is that we do whatever is necessary. Yeah. Sometimes we hire PR agencies. Sometimes we hire influencers. Sometimes we... You just Facebook advertising, Google, Google search, Google shopping, I mean, name it, we have a program for it or, or yeah. process. And we constantly test new campaigns, we constantly ask the markets, where's the customer, how does the product fit? And, and we're doing it by contacting just so many people. Um, and, and you get a lot of answers there. And, um, and this is how it works. If you were a usual startup, you would have to raise money for that yeah. and give away equity and, and then set up the team at the expertise and, and somehow play around with it and, and, and try to make it work. And, and with us, we're just doing it for you. Yeah, but when you were talking about influencers, you're hitting the right demographics. Because <clears throat> average influencer, their followers, so I'm not going to use your product, whereas if you advertise on TV or radio, you can't guarantee you'll hit all your, all your demographics. Yeah. Uh, don't misunderstand me. Um, online is our is our main domain. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, th there's no doubt about that. That's also the only source where we can track the revenues and how we recover the funds. 
And also, when it's online, you can actually track and see what areas you're selling Westwards. If you're advertising in, in, in the media, like radio, TV, you, you can't track that. Exactly, exactly. That's just for awareness. This would be as approaches. And, and to be honest, we didn't do uh, radio or TV yet. Yeah. But obviously, we would be, uh, I mean, we would be open for it. Uh, we might have companies who come to that level at some point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're not there. No, because I, I think basically, if you're dealing with with online, you've got to have a different mindset than somebody who deals with with uh, with general media. And influencers now yeah. are, the, are the one thing that guarantees you that you're able to actually uh, hit your demographic, sell properly, and uh, make sure you know where you're going to. Um, yes, yes. Um, most of the time, or, or let's say fifty percent of the time, it doesn't pay out at all. It just helps the awareness. Yeah. Um, and then again, nowadays you can track everything, and we track a lot. We we know a lot. We know a lot about every customer out there. Obviously, we have huge audiences and a lot of data we can work with. Um, but again, everything that's that's needed, we're gonna do for your startup. Yeah, and I, I that's something that a lot of people invest before aren't doing what you're doing, you're doing a unique way of doing it that actually is proven to work. Yeah, uh, it, it, it does work. Uh, we have companies to start. We just have a company that we started in October. They had 30,000 revenues per month. Now they, uh, in, in March, we hit the million per month the first time. Uh, they went up from a 10 million valuation to an 80 million valuation in, in, in just five months. So and, and and we constantly keep doing this, and um, and, and that's the good thing about it. Uh, it it's, it works, and it works better each time. Uh, we have a huge team of developers working on the algorithms on on, yeah. on this stuff. We're getting more and more funding to provide the startups that apply are getting better and better. So it's easier for us. Um, so it, I think that's just a circle of life. Also in our company, so we're getting better at it. Our partners are getting better. The clients are getting better. Um, yeah, and I guess because you're selling online, you're selling a lot of different products in different areas, which is nice. Yeah, <laughs> we do, yeah. yeah. We, we're selling from bikes over reusable straws, coffee cups, um, perfumes, body creams, sanitizers, um, jewelry, um, Gadgets, a lot of gadgets. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff, yes. And that means that the risk has then spread over many areas, which is nice. Well, no. Uh, the way we spread, uh, yes, yes, in a way. The, the way we manage the risk on our side is that uh, we, we have our system. So, so usually if we start with your startup, we're going to launch maybe 600 or 1,000 campaigns in one market at the same day. Yeah. And, and what we're doing is we're splitting it up in, in very little pieces, audiences, channels, time, gender, whatever. It's, it's split up by the system. Our system enables us to do that. And what we're doing in the end is we're day trading advertising costs versus revenues. And, and we're doing that in real time. We're tracking everything in real time. We're doing it in real time. We have the creative team and the startups feeding in new ideas all the time. And whatever's not working, we, we just kick it. And whatever's working, we scale it. And at this, 
and putting, making it as simple as that, this is what you're doing. So I have alerts popping up where I can see, look, you're spending a thousand dollars here and, and no one no one's even clicking on it. Or, or another alert could be, uh, you spend a thousand dollars here and you make 20 of revenue. Um, yeah. So, and, and, and the combination of our expertise and systems and, and, and capital, this is what makes a difference. And I guess basically when you invest in something like this, because sometimes the investment is going to be long-term or short-term. It might be a year, two years before it starts making sense and making money. No, not for us. Because uh, So our business is putting our capital to work. And what we want to achieve is a 1% or 2% of interest rate on the capital that we advanced in yeah. startups. So our returns basically come back daily, weekly, or monthly. Um, so we spend in advertising, you, you make revenue, we get the provision back, we reinvest the money. And this is how the money turns around. So it's a closed circuit. We just keep adding money to that bucket so that we can invest more for each startup. Yeah. And so if we're making 1% or 2% out of our capital, that's a, that's a huge business for us. And what, what we have to do is always mitigate the risk. And this is what we're doing with all those systems. And guarantee grows and uh, to make the startups happy so, so this is this is our daily business the other part is when we when we help the startups with production loans or, or stuff like because usually they need more capital but that's a completely different discussion yeah. and and usually we just buy a little a little share in equity to participate in, in, in their growth and their valuation and that's for long term yeah. But that's not our main business. Uh, we're not in the exit business. We're, we're none of that. If somebody doesn't exit, woohoo. But <laughs> I still think the rule of one out of ten gives yeah. us the money back and that one should pay for the other ones. Um, yeah. Right now, we just provide this investment to help the stars because we know every, every even though they're profitable, with those growth rates, they're going to get in trouble if they don't have additional capital. Yeah. And I guess basically, uh, if you if you want to go and to apply to one of your programs, where do you go to apply? What's your website? It's drive.com, but drive without an I. Yeah. It's D-R-V-E. We couldn't afford the I, to yeah. be very, very honest. Is that Apple's fault? Yeah. Apple owns all the eyes, iPod, iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's, it's drve.com. Uh, there's more information about the programs and, and normally, not normally, once, once applied, somebody will get in contact with you. We have a very dedicated and nice new business team and, and the t- talk, uh, talk to the startups and the founders and, um, and then the process starts. Yeah, and if you're based in Ireland, you could apply as well. It doesn't matter where you're based. Well, it does matter, but Ireland definitely is a part of it. Yeah. Um, as I told your colleague, uh, the Irish are the most likable country in the world. Did you know that? I had an idea because everywhere I've been, if you're Irish, they welcome you because you've had no issues with somebody else. You haven't been involved with any wars or anything else. And, that, and uh, exactly. I've seen that. And we're like, when you go to America, you're going to meet somebody who's an Irish American and they're going to be, oh, yes, my, my grand- grandfather was Irish. Yeah, it does help. Yeah, no, so it's, uh, I mean, we're concentrating on, on Singapore, which is one of our uh, home bases, Europe, definitely. And uh, and North America. Yeah. But Europe is our home market, and it should stay like that. 
Well, I think Singapore is going to be somewhere that's going to grow very big in the future. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, and we're concentrating of going going to the east rather than going to the west because the, the west is working. Also, they have there are competitors out there, who, and and people just throw throw around money, yeah. and and it's no problem for any entrepreneur to to get some money and and test it and fail, and and then get more money and test and fail. So, um, it's it's. It's not really where we're coming from because we see it very European. Just make the cof- uh, company profitable and, and it will work. Yeah. I guess if you build and it, they will come. Yeah. yeah. Um, exactly. And in, in the US, it's just different. Yeah. Okay. yeah uh, the attitude might be a, di- a, a difficulty too. So, so imagine when you're dealing with the, with East and the West, and in the West, you've got like Europe and America. Each market you go into has different ideals, different ways of doing things. Yes, definitely. And, and for us, the East is Southeast Asia. Yeah. Uh, definitely. In Singapore, Japan, which is one of the biggest e-commerce markets, but uh, again, the same thing, but with totally different rules. So we're working on this now already to provide programs. and obviously. We need all these connections to, uh, to the Googles there and, and the platforms there. So... We just need to establish that first, yeah, and then put some people there. Again, test it, improve it, and make it work. Yeah, and I've seen people before who invested in gone to Japan, and they assume that working in Japan is going to be the same as working elsewhere in the world. It's not. I've lived there, and I know how different it is. So you got to get into the mindset, mentality, and and exactly. that's it. And they haven't done that. Yeah, and and, and we need the right people for it. So. Um, we feel well in Singapore, and with Singapore usually comes Australia, which which is easy to, to handle. We have a, we just invested in a company from New Zealand. Um, very nice people, very nice products. Uh, we brought them to Europe now. Um, uh, it's going pretty well. So there are nice nice companies there who definitely can need our help, and, yeah. and obviously we want them on board. That's good to hear. And before we finish this, is there any advice you give to somebody who wants to get involved with you guys? What would you recommend they do? Well, first of all, apply and talk talk to talk to us. Um, I mean, we have to help. So, but we find companies with with nice people and nice products who are not there, who who do not qualify for the program. But but then usually what we do is we we get other teams involved and we try to help them to get there. Yeah. Um. And and all that comes basically for free. So um, we're not charging hours or any of that. So just talk to us. Um. Because again, we're here to help and and we like to help. Yeah. And also. Because you're based online and the online based, the COVID nineteen isn't going to be an issue. Not at all. Yeah, that's good to hear because it's good to hear some of you say, "Well, in a way, it's good to us because it, we're we're uh, adapted to work in this kind of scenario and environment." Yes, and it won't change for a long time. I fear. Yeah, I think yeah for a long time it's going to be that we're going to get used to living in this environment. And if your business is set up to work in that environment, you're going to do very well. If it's not, you might have issues. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it was just a push for things that would have happened anyways yeah. in the next 10 years. Uh, and, now, and now the situation pushed us more towards it. So, um, and this is where we are. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, not everybody will, will go back to buy everything offline. And that's just one example. Many, many people have their own gym set up now at home. Yeah. Just look anywhere, things change. So it, it's not 100%, but even if we go back to a normal, things have because I remember right now, like my parents wouldn't buy much online, but because of what's happening now, they're more inclined to do that. And they will yeah. still do that because they've seen it works. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a time, it's a push you need to do. Like I interviewed a girl last two weeks ago on a podcast who did yoga lessons. And because of what's happened now, she's now doing them online or people all over the world, getting new clients because of this. So it's changed your mindset into doing that. And if, yeah. which is great. Yeah, in a, in a certain way, yeah. Um, but it's, it's just a natural thing. It, it must happen now. I guess it's Darwinian, natural selection. Survival of the fittest. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, uh, but that's, yeah, it's always like that. Yeah. yeah. But I guess right now, because if you manage to be able to, to adapt online and, and get used to that and well working, which you guys have done from day one, that, that's helped you a lot. Other guys haven't, haven't done that. And trying to adapt now, they're finding difficulties doing that. Yeah, and, and, and the other way around, when we started this and, and I set up everything virtual and online, people, people and also my shareholders and, and partners, they looked at us like, and they didn't understand why they can't visit me in my office with my team and see it and touch it. And, yeah. Um, that has changed, definitely. Nobody's complaining about that now. Yeah. I interviewed a guy about a year or so ago on my podcast who, who helps companies uh, maintain their systems. And most of the time, he, he's, he's working from a Land Rover driving around the world. <laughs> and uh, when I interviewed him, he said, I just come back from Argentina. I spent about two months driving around there on my Land Rover. I'm now based in Croatia in a, in a mountainside middle of nowhere. And uh, I'm dealing with clients from all over the world. And it's virtual. And it's great to have that. And at the time I was thinking, how is that going to work? And now I'm looking what's happening now. And that guy was smart to get ahead of the game and do that. Same with you. What you're doing is you're ahead of the posse and now everyone's going to be doing that. Yeah, I think so. Um, people are discovering the advantage of it. I mean, you can live in a house at the beach yeah. or, or in a big city. Uh, and, and it gives you just a lot of other possibilities. Like that, but yesterday I interviewed a, a German girl from HubSpot and I live across the road from their offices in Ireland and uh, the email offices and I said to her, normally I'd be interviewing you in your offices across the road, but today I'm not and I'm right next door to you and I can't do that. So times have changed. Yeah, 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 agree. Yeah. And Oliver, thanks for that. I have a great day and good luck in the future and uh, keep up your good work. Yes, thanks. Keep up your work too. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Cheers. Cheers.